Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. I'm Janet Morena, Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, of course, last week, where was I? Up in Washington, D.C. at the March for Life. And so much happened up there. Um, you know, there was activities, people were praying, and we witnessed outside of Planned Parenthood. Then the morning of the march, Priests for Life holds a beautiful interdenominational prayer service. And we honored, as I've told you before in these programs, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland, and we honored Mark Lee Dixon, of sanct- founder of Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. And t- on today's program, we're going to look into two other of those honorees that, ha- that were honored last Friday in Constitution Hall. I couldn't think of, besides the other two I mentioned, two others that are more deserving than these two people. And the next person that we're going to talk about is Mark Houck. Now, you might remember Mark Houck is a wonderful pro-life advocate. Uh, this man has a beautiful family, seven children, prays and witnesses outside of an abortion clinic all the time. Uh, lives in Pennsylvania. And one day he's out there praying like he always is. Uh, and his son was there with him. His son, Mark, named after the dad, the firstborn of seven. And suddenly one of the death squirts, you know, the death squirts that have these usually vests on and they, they help drag or usher the women into the abortion clinic, Morsham Mill, so that God forbid they got to get some information like from people like Mark who are just there to say, you don't have to have this abortion. We're here to help you. We're here to, you know, bring you to a pregnancy resource center free medical care, whatever you need. Well, instead of allowing people like Mark to even say that to the person, they're dragging those women right to that door of that clinic. Well, on one of those occasions, one of those death squads got in the face of his son and went to push his son. All this Mark Hound did was push the gentleman back and say, leave my son alone. Okay, they continued to pray. He went home. Like, I don't know, a week later or something, at the crack of dawn, like, Five o'clock in the morning. Imagine his family, they're all sleeping in bed. Marshals, U.S. Marshals, uh, SWAT teams came, guns drawn, and basically broke into the house and arrested Mark. And of course, they took him to jail, and and then there was a a court case. And guess what? They found Mark Houck not guilty. Praise God. Praise God. But then, of course, Mark was smart. He now is suing the Biden administration, not for the money, but for the example of saying you cannot do this to pro-lifers who are exercising free speech just by praying in front of an abortion mill. And also, too, Mark is so inspired 
uh, by this that he's decided to run for U.S. Congress. So let's take a look. When I presented the award to Mark at the prayer service last Friday at Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C., let's watch that presentation and let's hear what Mark had to say. Our next honoree is Mark Houck. He's the founder and president of the Kingsman Incorporated. He's an author, an internationally known motivational speaker. As a former All-American collegiate athlete and high school football coach, he has, mentioned, he has mentored thousands across North America and Europe. Mark holds a master's degree in education, is a husband and father of seven children, and he has a lovely wife, and I met them all last night. And they live in East Greenville, Pennsylvania. He was targeted by Biden's weaponized FBI with an early morning raid on his home because of his peaceful pro-life activism. He's fighting back against the Biden administration, and he's also running for U.S. Congress in Pennsylvania's first district. So, Mark. So our award says... Priest for Life and the National Pro-Life Religious Council hereby present the National Pro-Life Recognition Award to Mark Houck. Thank you for standing firm for the unborn with the gratitude of the pro-life movement. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Greetings. Glory be to God. Don't be afraid of persecution. It's a gift. It truly is a gift. And my witness to you briefly today, uh, I, I want to speak to the, the gift and the joy that has been the journey. And I want to say and acknowledge Bishop Strickland because uh, he was the first bishop to reach out to me. In fact, the day of my arrest last year, somehow he was able to communicate that he was offering his mass, his daily mass for me. And that strengthened me. And I met... I met Bishop Strickland in person for the first time this morning. He opened the door and greeted me and uh, couldn't believe the, uh, that he was there to greet me. So humble and grateful. He's one of three bishops that supported me. And I want to acknowledge those three bishops, of course, Bishop Strickland. Cardinal Gerhard Mueller came to my home two weeks after my arrest, came to my doorstep. That's right, prefect for the doctrine of the faith under Pope Benedict and uh, beginning part of Pope Francis's pontificate, came to my door and uh, condemned what happened and blessed my family, helped us reclaim our home for Christ. And uh, he told me that dictatorships and tyranny are coming when little children are woken in the middle of the night and their father is arrested at gunpoint in a pre-dawn raid. That's where we live. That's the nation we live in right now. And uh, be not afraid, friends, because uh, I've been saying yes to martyrdom for 20 years, and if my wife was here, she'd say that's because I'm married to her, but that's not, that's not the reason, because in ministry life, I've been saying yes to, to martyrdom. So when martyrdom, white martyrdom, banged on my door at 6.30 in the morning, I was able to say yes to it. And, I, and my testimony to you today is, is to be not afraid of that. In fact, I was never, I've never been closer to Christ than I was... Uh, at the federal building in Philadelphia, 100 yards from Independence Hall, chained to a table, belly shackled, ankle shackled. i never been closer to Christ. I was at the foot of the cross at Golgotha. And I mean that. And that's the only way you get through it. That's the only way we can, we can fight in this post-Roe era. 
the fight has just begun. And so my, my message to you is be a lamb to the slaughter. When I was in the courtroom at this time last year, preparing for actually for the trial, I was facing 11 years in prison. Many of you know that. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Bishop Joe Coffey should be mentioned. He reached out to me the, the day I was arrested as well and said, they picked on the wrong guy is what he said. But nonetheless, those three bishops, Bishop Strickland, Cardinal Mueller, and Bishop Joe were strengthening me in their prayers. And I know you were strengthening me with your prayers. But we were a lamb to the slaughter. And as we sat there and we prepared and we went enter into battle, we went into all-night adoration in advance of that persecution. All night out, we adored the Lord all through the night, and we went right to the courtroom, right from the chapel. Friend, that, friends, that's how you prepare for battle. You, you put on the full armor of God, and, and you put on that helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the belt of truth, and the gospel shoes, and you're ready to go. And so what I want to tell you is in that journey that... Uh, we were facing no doubt prison, 98% conviction rate, and the odds were totally against us. But as a lamb to the slaughter, we know that the Lord will do the fighting for us. As Moses instructed the Israelites, he said, all you need do is remain still and God will fight for you. And that's what we did. And that's, and that's what I had to do. It was our only defense. And what a better def defender than our Lord, of course, and, and we felt protected and strengthened in the midst of that, knowing that likely we would go to prison. And I asked my uh, board of director, former federal prosecutor, will the government come in with a plea? And I'll close with this. This was in advance of the trial. They said, no. He said, no, Mark. The government doesn't need to come in with a plea because they always win. Well, I'm not going to ask for one. He said, well, you're not going to get one. Don't you know that the government came in with a plea on January 6th of all dates? Some of those hostages are still in prison till this day. On January 6th, they offered me a sweetheart deal. This is a deal that is a carrot dangled in front of you. In fact, you would not, no one would begrudge you if you took that deal. No time, no fine, no probation. Just plead guilty to something you didn't do. This is the offer. 11 years in prison, $350,000 in fines, three years supervised probation. It was very tempting. I said, I'm not taking that deal. My attorney said, you better go home and talk to your wife. I said, okay, I will. They wanted me to take that deal because it wasn't going to get any better than that. I went home and I said to Ryan Marie, and she'll be at the march with Bishop Strickland and Father Pavone and You'll meet them all. They couldn't get up this early. Uh, but as I closed, I said to Ryan Marie, I said, the government came in with a deal. And she said, oh, yeah, what's that? I said, no time, no fine, no probation. And she said, and she just plead guilty to the assault charge. I pushed a man away from my son. In the streets of Philadelphia, that's not really a big deal. Uh, but nonetheless, she said, you're not going to take that. I said, I'm not. She said, no, because you're innocent and you're not a coward. And that's a cowardly deal. 
And then she emboldened me even further than that, if you think that was incredible. She said, should you want to take this deal, because it's your decision to make, don't bother coming home. <laughs> she said that. You can ask her that. She's a Spartan woman. A Spartan woman sends her man off to mission with his shield in hand, says, come back with your shield or come back on it. In other words, we got this. We'll take care of this. You do what God has called you to do, husband. And then she said something even better than that. She said, we need to do it for the pro-life movement. This is bigger than us. We could go hide. We could, we could take the deal. And, and pull back and protect our, fa our family and our friends and our assets, which aren't ours to begin with. But we need to do it for the movement, for Joan Andrews Bell, for Jonathan Darnell. We need to do it for the next pro-lifer on the sidewalk who wants to pray and exercise his First Amendment right. That's why we got to do this, Mark. We can't take that deal. We can't run away and hide. We have to risk everything. We got to be all in. Friends, in this post-Roe era, we got to be all in. As Bishop Strickland said, we need to be first century Christians in the 21st century. I love that. That's how we fight. And so, of course, I came back and told them, no deal. And of course, the Lord did the fighting for us. And we won on January 30th, acquitted of all charges. So, there is hope. And now we're fighting back. We sued the federal government to hold them accountable in early November, and we'll sue them again in April for punitive damages. We have to do that, not to, for remuneration purposes, but because we got to hold them accountable, we have to make sure that they don't do this to others. Because if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. And somehow the Lord told me, I want you to run for Congress. Don't ask me why. He asked me to do it. I said yes. I ignored him for six months. But then I, I found out in July that I couldn't turn away from him. And we asked Padre Pio to, to guide us. And my wife and I felt that the Lord was indeed calling us to do that. So I need your prayers more than ever. We spent a year in hell and we're somehow we want to go back to hell. <laughs> So um, please pray for me. Thank you for this award. Thank you, Father Pavone. Thank you so much, John. Wasn't that fantastic? And of course, brothers and sisters, if you live in Pennsylvania, I hope you will help Mark in his uh, quest now uh, to be in the U.S. Congress. Because what, what better way than to have a gentleman like Mark Houck in the Congress to fight for the unborn and their mothers and their fathers? Well, next up was another beautiful person. Uh, Sister Dee Dee Byrne, you might remember Sister Dee Dee as uh, kind of everyone got to know who Sister Dee Dee was because of the Republican uh, National Convention in 2016 when she was invited to speak and, and gave a prayer and talked about abortion and talked about the unborn. But Sister Dee Dee um, is beyond that. I mean, she served in the military and you'll hear me talk all about Sister Dee Dee. But the award was not for Sister Dee Dee. She was accepting it on behalf of pro-lifers who are in jail right now. And you might say, well, Janet, why are they in jail? 
because they were trying to pray and intervene for children that were about to be aborted. And we're talking about in Washington, D.C., the late-term abortionist, okay? His name is Cesar Santangelo, and he kills babies up to birth, okay? Right in Washington, D.C., just a few blocks from the White House. So in jail right now, I'm going to name these pro-lifers, Joan Andrews Bell. Now, Joan Andrews Bell, this is not her first time in jail. I've known Joan for decades, and in the 80s, Joan spent 18 months in solitary confinement for trying to intervene to stop a a late-term abortionist in Florida. So it's Joan Andrews Bell, Jean Marshall, John Hinshaw, Heather Idoni, Will Goodman, Paulette Harlow, Jonathan Darnell, Lauren Hardy, Herb Garrity, and Jay Smith. Okay, so there are 10 of them. 10 in jail, okay? They were found guilty in December of, the, of last year and they will not be sentenced until March, but they risk 11 years in jail. Because why? The US government and the DOJ are applying the FACE law, freedom of access to a clinic law, to them. And they risk 11 years in prison. Now also honored for, for the award that Sister Didi accepted on their behalf is another person who's been in jail, and his he is Father Fidelis Mosinski of the of the CFRs. He's been in jail for most of last year for three separate pro-life rescues, defending life by offering roses and resources in waiting rooms to abortion-bound mothers, and a one-man rescue at a Long Island, New York, Planned Parenthood. For these rescues, he has now spent nearly 11 months in four different prisons. So sad. So let's take a look now. I'm going to bring you to Constitution Hall last Friday and listen to what Sister Dee Dee Byrne had to say as she accepted the award for these people who are in jail, these pro-lifers in jail. So let's take a look. Well, our next award is a little bit different because unfortunately, some of our pro-life heroes are currently in jail and unjustly in jail. And I'm going to have a very special person come up and speak to you about that. But I have to just say one thing about one of those people that are in jail is a very good friend of mine, Joe Andrews Bell. And I know everyone's very concerned about her and her family. But Joan, you see, this is not the first time Joan has been in jail. And in fact, many years ago, Joan spent 18 months in solitary confinement. Yeah. So there's pro-lifers right now who are being unjustly imprisoned, unjustly. They didn't do anything violent, and yet they're in jail. So I want you to keep praying for them. And right now, I'm going to ask to come forward. This is award is for them, can I, to get it. But presenting the award for them is also a dear friend of mine, Sister Dee Dee Byrne. And she's going to present this on behalf of the prisons. And, of course, many of you, suddenly Sister Dee Dee got thrust into the limelight when she was at the Republican National Convention and uh, was giving some remarks. But she herself is a beautiful sister of the Little Workers of the Sacred Hearts. She's a physician, double board certified in family medicine and general surgery. She also joined the Army 
and retired with the rank of colonel in 2009. So, sister, thank you for your service, I have to say. And after a life of medical and military service, she was led to the religious life. And right now, sister, if I, you could come forward, please, and accept the award for our, our heroes, it says. Our heroes who are in prison. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture. Okay, okay. Testing, testing. I talk softly, so um, at ease. Um, thank you, Father Pavone. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, Bishop, for coming here. Thank you, all of you. I was in bed this morning seeing the snow drop, and I went, are we still having this today? <laughs> um, but uh, the Holy Spirit thrusted me out, and after a cup of coffee, here I am. So I'm speaking on behalf of the, and honored to speak, and unworthy to speak on, on behalf of uh, nine who are in prison right now, actually 10. Uh, and uh, there's so many I can speak about uh, that have gone in and out of prison. But on behalf of Lauren Handy, Will Goodman, John Hinshaw, Jonathan Darnell, Joan Andrews Bell, Jean Marshall, Paulette Harlow, Herb Garrity, and Heather Adani, Father Fidelis, who's in prison, Laura Giles, who's here. She's going to hand out pictures of the, the nine who are in prison. Laura, can you stand up and raise your hand, please, so people can see you? She also spent some time in the uh, Hilton prison, Carmelite cell. So above all, I want to say um, that they, these nine that I mentioned have been, uh, for the last four months, with a possible sentencing of 11 years in prison and a $300,000 penalty. Why? For praying peacefully at a third trimester abortionist here in Washington, D.C., with the hope of saving the life of the unborn children by encouraging the mothers to do the right thing. They're accused of going against what's called the FACE Act, freedom of access to clinic entrances. There's a doctor, and believe it, his name is Dr. San Angelo. He's down over near GW Washington, George Washington Hospital, and at this moment he's probably still killing babies. Every day, Monday through Saturday, he does this. He's very busy. Uh, we have two sisters that live next door who go every day and pray. And the, this week they said they saw about 13 women coming in fully pr uh, pregnant for their abortion. And I know it's really hard to fathom. Last fall, I sat through some of the hearings of the Nine Prayer Warriors at 3333 Constitution Avenue Southeast. It's a holy number that exposed an unfair representation. Lady Justice's scarf slipped from her eyes, and the scale was tipped. Those hearings were brutally unfair. Our pro-life heroes could not use the term abortionist when they were defending themselves. They couldn't express their motive to fight why they were doing this. They couldn't say that they watched the video that showed that San Angelo actually will let a baby die if the baby is aborted alive with with um, the red, the um, I'm trying to forget the name of the um, the group, the the video group that did Lila Rose live action. Thanks. 
I sat in the chapel to reflect on what I could share with all of you, and my heart ached for the nine sitting now, their fourth month in a cold, drafty cell. But they don't want pity. They want to focus on the souls of those who are severely misguided and in mortal sin. For the abortionist, his assistants, to those who have had the abortions, the mothers and the fathers, those who drive them to the abortion clinic, anyone involved, their souls are in, mortally, in mortal grave danger. In the first set of trials, one of the saintly defendants, Will Goodman, was handcuffed after their sentencing of guilty against the FACE Act and conspiracy. Why? Because the defendant said he was considered dangerous. I'd like to share something with you uh, that wrote, Will wrote while he was in jail. So just close your eyes for a second. My time is almost up. Okay. This is from Will. He wrote this about three days into his um, prison sentencing. Just please close your eyes and think of yourself in the, in the cell next to him. He wrote this letter to Laura Giles. He said, thanks so much, Laura. I'm, having, I'm blessed to have a narrow two-inch long window by which to see the blue sky. Deo gracias. It's Labor Day weekend, and it seems I am right where God wants me to be, even if it's not so much where I wanted to be. In some ways, a jail cell is like a womb, in that it is a place of confinement, hope, and waiting. You are in the dark regarding all that's happening in the world, far away from the action. But you are close to God. Despite the times of feeling alone, it can be a place of life and growth. It may sound strange, but in some ways I feel closer to my persecuted pre-born sisters and brothers here than almost anywhere, save maybe for a church during the liturgy or inside a fully operational killing facility. The jail retreat makes you feel invisible to the world, helpless and absent, separated, muted. It makes me mourn the many tens of thousands of little ones who die alone and helpless and separated, their tiny cries muted, dying at abortion chambers where all humanity is utterly absent. These heavy thoughts haunt me constantly here. I'm heartbroken over how tragically alone God's children are inside these killing facilities. And yet, I am more convinced as ever for the need of rescue and this particular gift of self, which one offers to the perishing as also a personal presence of peace and conscience to the parents at the last moment. Rescue is a truthful witness of love before love comes too late, with the hope that love will conquer selfishness and fear. It is also a witness of nonviolence in a place of awful violence, a witness to hope in the gallows of despair. Rescuers seek to join Christ, the divine rescuer, who is the light of hope. I suppose that, certain, that there's a certain fittingness for rescuers to be incarcerated over Labor Day weekend. A witness of good against evil is our labor and our small gift of loving reparation. So I want to say thank you to Lauren, Will, John, Jonathan, Joan, Jean, Paulette, Herb, Heather, Father Fidelis, Lauren, Dr. Monica, many, many others who are still in prison for defending the small child in the womb. And thank you for your courage. I'm looking forward to seeing you back at 333 Constitution Avenue this March 
And let's pray that Lady Justice keeps her eyes closed and the scarf on and the scales remain balanced. God bless you all. Thank you for coming and thank you for listening. Well, I hope this has inspired you and I hope you will keep these rescuers, these pro-lifers that are in jail, including Father Fidelis, every single day and pray for their safety, pray for their well-being and pray when the judge pronounces sentence in March, he said, he lets them go for time served. Let's pray for that because seriously, these are beautiful people who pray and witness at abortion mills all the time to defend our brothers and sisters from abortion because, you know, it's a shame. They were just providing resources to women who are in that waiting room ready to go in and destroy the life of their, their baby. These mothers, desperate, different situations, they were just trying to offer real choice, real help. So keep our pro-life friends in jail Keep them in your daily prayers. And just remember, brothers and sisters, there are some abortions only you're going to be able to stop and therefore some lives only you can save. Join me again next time. Thank you and God bless. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that. And today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.